Hello, everyone, and welcome to Next Generation Saints. I'm your host, Nick Coons. It has been a while since I've really talked to anyone on this channel or made a podcast. I've mostly been putting out posts, and I do apologize for those last week of how busy I am with school going on. I am in school right now. I'm at Biola University studying to get my Christian apologetics degree. But I'm also um, got a lot of work to do. I've got a full-time job, and I'm also starting to start, uh, start a side com- business while I'm at it. So I got a whole lot of pokers in the fire, so to speak, if you catch my drift. This episode, I actually wanted to talk something that we were discussing in class with my professors, and I thought it was pertaining to a couple of instances that happened. One was an online video I was watching. Another one was at work where I was talking to one of the coworkers I, um, I work with who's Mormon. And that is the idea of interpretation. This is... Um, Interpretation is used quite a lot in Christian circles, both in uh, non-Christian circles like um, like the Mormons or Jehovah's Witnesses, all the way uh, and Catholics to the Protestant Church, where it talks about different types of interpretation. A lot of splitting away of the church has been happening due to this issue of what interpretation is. So we were discussing it in class, and I thought I'd go ahead and shed some light on and bring this dawning revelation to y'all. So interpretation just by the general definition of it, is how you define something, right? How you interpret it. How do you interpret what some well, not define something, but how do you, how do you um, perceive what someone else is saying or what a book is saying, right? Interpretation. Now, you probably have heard this a whole lot of times whenever you're discussing the Bible, right? You interpret it that way, but I interpret it this way. So here's how interpretation works, if you can imagine this. There's a thing called bottom-up interpretation, which would be, as the Bible would point out, would say, us humans interpreting, going, if, imagine a line. You have us, and it's going straight up into the Bible, and then it goes up to God, right? Bottom-up interpretation is what you see in these uh, progressive churches, or maybe even finding on your own church where it says, I interpret the Bible to mean this. Now, there's a problem with this, because this means that the Bible is a subjective document. The whole thing about the Bible and the genre and the narrative of the Bible is it's not a subjective document, not by any means. This is one of the biggest myths that has actually been shown in my apologetics class of Biola, is that the Bible is not really interpretive, as in it's not your subjective opinion to determine what the Bible's saying. I remember listening to a song from um, Lecrae, he's actually a Christian rapper in Hollywood, and then the end of it, he says, you know, they're reading this passage. He goes, hey, man, what, is it, what does this passage mean to you? The problem is the Bible never asks us to do this because the Bible tells us how to live our lives. God never once asks, both in the Old Testament nor in the New Testament, what, what, what is your opinion? What do you think? Now, Jesus would ask occasionally this question, but it was never phrased and it was never intended as a, hey, you, on the other end of this podcast, Give your personal opinion about what this personal scripture means to you. Whenever the Lord asks a particular question, like the first thing that comes to my mind is Abraham, or it was just originally Abram, when Sodom and Gomorrah was being judged and he was trying to negotiate with God. You know, hey, what if there's 50 righteous people in the city of Sodom and Gomorrah? Are you going to punish the righteous, the 50 righteous people, with the rest? He goes, well, there's 50 righteous, I'll spare the city for their sake. And he boils it down to two, uh, down to one. He gets a lot the heck out of Sodom and Gomorrah and then judges it. He's not actually negotiating a deal. When Jesus is talking to um, different people in uh, Jerusalem and whatnot in his ministry when he was on earth, he would be talking to them and he would ask questions like, uh, let's say like, 
the people want to know, should we pay our taxes on, um, and whatnot? So he asks, okay, here, what, what's the, what, whose face is on the coin here? And they go, well, it's Caesar. Well, they give to Caesar what's God's, uh, give unto Caesar what's Caesar's, give unto God's what's God's. He would ask pointed questions to lead you to a final conclusion of answering Jesus in the way he wanted you to. He was not asking for your subjective opinion as though God didn't understand what he was looking at and said, hey, why don't you give, like write a like write a group project and I need to get some input about an idea I have. Hey, do you think it's a good idea? Not a good idea? Get, give me some feedback. He's not asking that. So when someone says, I interpret it to mean this, the problem is that's not how it works. Now, how the Bible actually works is what we call top-down interpretation. What do I mean by that? Well, it means that you have the Word of God, you know, the Bible, is telling you something. Take First Samuel, for example. We'll be talking about how the nation of Israel has been out of, uh, was taken out of Egypt, out of slavery, wandered around the desert for 40 years. Moses has died, and the older generation has died off. Now God is uh, leading uh, his people into the new promised land. And so what happens is that people who want to go in, who go into, uh, when the Israelites go into their new land, they want a king too. And so the whole story about that, about how uh, Solomon comes into being, how David comes into being, uh, or Saul, how all these different things and different character flaws, God's not asking your opinion. He's trying to teach you about character development what do these characters their strengths their weaknesses the situations they're going through how they develop how they trust in god god is ultimately the hero of the story teaching us about ourselves that we have pride that we are arrogant a lot of the times that we are not humble we want this or that and god's not asking for your opinion into the situation he's saying hey look this is a part of you you have some of these character attributes, and I'm teaching you ultimately what to do in these situations. It's not your opinion. It's you need to take this situation that you can clearly see what I'm telling you about you or telling you about you know, your life and apply it to you. That's called top-down interpretation. It's not about your opinion. It's not about what do you think of this verse means. What do you take away from this, this verse? It's, no, what is the verse telling you? Not your interpretation. What is the verse saying? And then how do we apply this verse to our lives? And you have that introspection and that meditation with the Lord in which to seek and find out what it is you need to change. So here, here's the example I was, I was thinking of right now. Brandon Robertson was actually doing an in, um, interview with uh, Apologia uh, Radio with Jeff Durbin. And for anyone who's probably heard this channel, and if you haven't heard the channel, I'll go ahead and explain it to you. Um, Brandon Robertson is actually an apostate. He's a very strong, very gay man. He loves to have gay sex. He's admitted that he preaches that the Bible does not teach against homosexuality, though we have plethoras of verses, including from Deuteronomy, Romans, I mean, plethoras, just two books in general that teach directly against the practice of homosexual marriage, uh, homosexual, marriage homosexual uh, lifestyle, homosexual sex, stuff like that. It preaches against it. They, you know, Deuteronomy also teaches not to have sex with other animals, but that's beside that, that's I'm digressing from the point here. Um, so what happens is Brandon Robertson is uh, debating this, and his whole argument is when when Jeff Durbin says, you know, this is this is the Bible's against homosexuality. He goes, no, not at all, not at all. I, you know, it's not. And then when he says he starts reading it from the Bible, Brandon Robertson immediately stops and he does the um, bottom up interpretation. Oh, I don't interpret it that way. I looked into it and I don't interpret the scripture saying you shall not have sex with a man or lay with a man as you were to lay with a woman. And that men who sleep with men 
that's an abomination. If you were to sleep, if a man sleeps with another man, like you were to sleep with a woman, and they're talking about sex here, gay sex, it is an abomination. And God states that. Same thing with women, because in Book of Romans it talks about that. And Brandon argues repeatedly over it that I interpret it differently. Jeff Durbin, of course, points out in, in, in a long conversation and whatnot, and they had this long debate about it, but says ultimately um, he gets down to the fundamental point with uh, Brandon. He says, Brandon, I'm guessing, and I'm just going to paraphrase this really quick here, so if I get it wrong on quotations, don't kill me here. But he says, Brandon, I'm guessing you started off in your Christian walk, your faith would uh, walk with Jesus, and you were not doing homosexual sex. I'm guessing you're walking faithfully with him, but your desire, your your lust in your 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 lust for other men overwhelmed your desire to have a, a man to have sex with a man, and so you started engaging in sex with men, and now what you're doing. And Brandon actually agreed with this. He said, "Yeah, I did. I I fell for homosexual man, uh, sex. I I wanted more gay sex." And he goes, so that's the problem here. Now you become an apostate because not only are you living in sin, you're now teaching others that this sinful practice is perfectly acceptable, even though the Bible clearly states it. And the argument that you put out there is bottom-up interpretation, which is ungodly to do. God teaches against doing this repeatedly in the Bible and, and, and whatnot. And he said, so you're trying to justify your sinful lifestyle that you're performing, gay sex, by saying, I interpret the Bible differently than you. I am progressive. I interpreted that there is no such thing as gay sex. God never speaks on gay sex whatsoever because I, and it ultimately boils, and this is where he gets to, gets to the point, he ultimately wants to live life his own way. And this really goes for a lot of people who do this. A lot of the church or apostates who do this. They say, I don't want to live according to what God wants me to live. So I'm going to say that I God's wrong. The Bible doesn't teach against this. The Bible doesn't teach against porn. It doesn't teach against homosexual marriage. It doesn't teach against um, uh, corruption. It doesn't teach against lying, whatever your sin may be. God is not against that. They don't interpret it that way. You see where I'm coming from. Now, because if you have bottom-up interpretation, the Bible, again, it's just a subjective book. That's there versus how we need to see the Bible, that the Bible demands of us to see it. Remember, because as a narrative, as a genre, God is communicating it to us. The, the authors of the Bible are communicating a clear teaching to us that it is the word of God, not a subjective book that you open up and decide whatever it is you want it to believe. <laughs> whatever you want to believe out of it is true. It doesn't work that way. It ha- so ultimately, folks. If you're in a Bible study or your church or whatnot, and they're saying, well, what does you interpret? How do you uh, see this fact? How do you interpret this thing? Run away. Correct them at first. To be like, hey, guys, you know, we can't do this. We can't be interpreting these scriptures ourselves. This is not a book for interpreting how we want to interpret it. We need to look at the Bible and the message it's saying and learn how to apply it to our lives. That's what we need to be doing here. I'd say to the church, that's exactly what needs to be done. And now if you're in a church that doesn't do that, I would either correct them, and if they don't want to turn from that, I'd find a different church. That's what I would do. So, again, on this podcast episode, interpretation it, it is very important, but always remember it is top-down interpretation. Find, on, find what the Bible is teaching. 
whatever book you're reading of the Bible, ver, um, book, chapter, verse, whatever it is. Also, really fast, a side note. Don't just want, read one verse out of context. It'd be kind of like <laughs> you're reading something and then you read one verse and go, look, that's what the Bible says. But you didn't read the genre or the context of which the scripture is read in. So it'd be like, uh, uh, what was it? This is a long kind of explanation. I'll try to shorten it up for you guys as much as I can. But it'd be like, you, you probably heard the verse, uh, where two or more gathered, so will I be, right? Probably heard that verse. Well, you don't realize the context of it. It doesn't just mean that there's, and, and it says, if you're there and you ask God, he'll give it to you. No, it, the Bible's teaching this about in judgment. Like if someone does sin in the church, like someone's having, like almost like someone uh, is like cheating on their spouse or doing something bad like homosexual marriage and homosexual sex, you're trying to correct them. They're cheating on their, uh, I guess on their spouse, whatever, and you're trying to correct them. First, one of you goes over the target them. If they don't, then two or more, two go there, and two or more go go there, and whatnot. And then on Judgment Day, when you ask them, God asks you why you were, what you did, you have two more people saying, "This is what happened." We confronted it. God then honors your request. That's what the verse is in context of. So, anyways, that's just a somewhat of an example here. So, I hope this is food for thought. I hope it's led you more towards Jesus, because ultimately, the Bible is 100% both the Old and the New Testament. Point us to Jesus Christ, the Savior of all mankind. And before I go, I'm just going to go ahead and um, off the top of my head, because I remember these things. Let me go ahead and tell you, if you're new to this channel whatsoever, um, here it is. John 3.16. This is the gospel in the nutshell for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And if you want to look at that in context, I would suggest you read it, but I'll let you know a little bit. Jesus is, um, I, always just, I always think he's sitting around a campfire because it's at night, and I have a campfire going on in my backyard right now, and I'm outside talking to you guys. I'm oh, sorry, I'm inside talking to you guys. Jesus sitting there, Nicodemus shows up, he's kind of cloaked and trying to stay hidden, and he asks Jesus a bunch of questions about the kingdom of heaven, acknowledging that he is the son of God. And that's where Jesus finally says, This is how you get to heaven, Nicodemus. This is how you're gonna this is how you're going to gain eternal life. So when he says something about how you gain eternal life, the passage I just read to you, that's cited from you from my memory, is in its context. So to my fellow brothers and sisters who are believers. Thank you for tuning in on this one. And for anyone else, I encourage you to come over and um, accept Jesus. So, um, I'm going to try uploading these far more often, uh, making these episodes more. But again, if you don't hear from me for a little bit, just understand, again, I'm doing a business. I'm making some stuff. I'll let you guys know what I'm making in a little bit. And then you can go to a shop that I'm going to be putting it on and purchase one if you'd like to. Um... And I'm also in a school for Biola University, get my bachelor's degree, and I have a full-time job. So I got a lot of pokers in the fire again. Um, but if you like this, if you like this podcast, if you like what you're hearing and stuff, please like, subscribe, wherever you may be. So until next time we meet again, may God richly bless y'all, my dearly beloved.